Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. I'm feeling a little lull in here this morning. We were in here this morning with our staff starting off, and it was, it was a little bit of a lull emotionally. It's almost back to reality. Some of us have already been back to reality, but tomorrow really kicks in. Like if, you know, if you've been eating like crazy, tomorrow's the day to stop, okay? If you haven't been to work, tomorrow's the day to work, all right? It all kind of kicks back in officially, it seems, more tomorrow than this past week. I'm Brian Wren, your transition lead pastor, and it's a joy and a gift to be with you, whether you're here in person or you're online in your pajamas, hopefully having breakfast at home right now uh, during this event. We're in a new series, and I want to make sure you maximize that. If, you, again, you grab your connection card, there's a really easy way to follow along each week by getting the message notes. If you click on this QR code, this will take you to the message notes. Uh, if you have our church app, that's also another way to do it. Our church app's on the other side. That's an easy way to get to our message notes. And what's great about the message notes, you can follow along, you can track. It probably helps your retention as we move forward uh, in any type of learning setting. And we begin today a new series, and this series, as you can see on the slide above, is called More Than a Feeling. Anybody know that song, More Than a Feeling? You kind of remember that tune? Anybody know who uh, wrote that song, who sang it was famous a couple decades ago? Some say Journey, it was Boston. Boston did that. You know, we were going to name this series maybe just Feelings. You know that one? It's an old one. You probably don't know. wrote a Feelings. Whoa, ho, ho. You don't want me to go any farther, right? Okay. <laughs> feelings, all right? You know, some of you, the younger generation, don't know anything I'm talking about that song, but many of you do. That song meant something to you. That stirred something in you. There's also some songs we could have named it after. Hooked on a Feeling. I'm hooked on a feeling. Come on with me. I'm high on, okay, all right, okay, all right, we, we won't keep going. Uh, and then, you know, there's more recent one, I Got a Feeling, Black Eyed Peas, all right, I Got a Feeling, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then Justin Timberlake, all right, come on, you seen the movie Trolls? Can't stop the feeling, can't stop that feeling. Come on, come on, you wouldn't go with me, all right, I won't go there, all right. But in the end, we went with more than a feeling because let's just face it, there's more to it than our feelings. I mean, there's something more. When we feel something, there is a lot more to it. So I have a question to start off today for you. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm serious. How are you feeling today? Because it's great. And what I want you to ponder is this, six words for the next seven weeks. Six words for the next seven weeks. I want you to get serious about how you're feeling. And here's the six words, and I want you to even grab one of these right now, all right? Six words, glad, mad, sad, scared, shame, shock, all right? We'll, we'll help us out. You guys are the glad section. Say glad. You're the mad section. That's kind of fun, isn't it? <laughs> say, say mad. Yeah. Oh, you guys are the, I'm sorry, you're the sad section. All right, so you on the count of three, say sad. One, two, three. You guys are scared. Say scared. That was good. Oh, say it like you're scared. Hey, scared. All right, scared. I'm sorry about all the shame you're feeling in this section right now. We can work it out. So somehow on the count of three, say shame. One, two, three. Shame. shame. 
and you're the shock section. Ho! Shocked on the count of three. One, two, three. Say, thank you. (laughs) This is pretty good. These are the six core emotions. A lot of words to describe emotions. It's a big debate. Are there really six core emotions? Are there four? Are there eight? We're going with six. I put them in a way that you can visually remember them. I put them in a way that you can really verbally remember them. All right? Glad, mad, sad, scared, shame, shocked. Alphabetical order if you really look it up and look it through. I'm wanting you to get these. I'm wanting you to hold these. I'm wanting you to be able to convey these. So pick one right now. Or pick one maybe you had this week. Maybe it was related to the Warriors. When the Warriors win, what? We feel glad. When the Warriors lose, we feel mad. All right? When the, Lord, the Warriors lose Curry to an injury, all right, we feel sad. All right, we actually feel some grief, like Steph's out. Like, we all feel like Steph's like our friend. Steph knows none of us, but we're so attached to Steph that we call him Steph. And when he's hurt, oh, we feel sad that Steph is hurt. And when the Warriors are losing late in the fourth quarter, we feel kind of scared, don't we? And when we think about the Warriors' record earlier this season, we kind of distance ourselves from the Warriors because we feel a bit of shame that they were that bad then. And if you watched the game the other night, when Clay made the three right at the end, are you with me, anybody? Okay. And then the other guy, we don't even know his name, and we don't even like him, okay? <laughs> when he, like, threw it in from nowhere to win the game, we were in complete shock. Like, we all just looked at each other. Did you ju- see what happened? Shock. It's good to know our emotions, because here's what I know. Emotions are powerful. Would you agree with me? Raise your hand if you know emotions are powerful. Do you know the story of the rider and the elephant? The rider is us in our intellect, but the elephant is our emotions. Which one usually wins? This is why when the game's tight during the Warriors, and your kid walks in and asks a question, you yell at your kid. Because you're stressed about the warrior game, all right, and you're, that the elephant puffs up and roars at somebody. That's how powerful emotions are. Even something that's so not significant, like the warrior's game, we can get emotionally tied to that, and it can take us to a place that intellectually we'd be like, we shouldn't go there. When my kid walks in and the warrior game's tight, I shouldn't be tight and yell at my kid. But we do. Aren't feelings powerful? They make us do things we normally wouldn't do. And they make us go places we normally wouldn't go. Isn't that true? So true. And with God, here's what emotions do. Emotions either take us towards God or where? Away from God. Isn't it amazing how far away our emotions can take us from God when it's just really the opposite of what he wants? He wants our emotions bring us towards him in that way. The emotions of the elephant need to be tamed, don't they? By the rider through some action or some thought in some way. I think back to my own journey with God and my emotions. I didn't really come to know the Lord until around 1991, 
And uh, that was new to me. It was new to me in 1991. I'd sit over there and I'd open up a pew Bible and I couldn't follow along. And this older woman who sat close to me would usually take my Bible and flip to the right page and hand it back to me. <laughs> She's so gracious. I forget her name, but she did it. <laughs> you know, and it was awesome. And so I was new at it. But in 1990, when I didn't know the Lord, I was in my first job. And I had to go to New York City to live uh, regularly for a month at a time throughout different, over a course of three years for some training. And I grew up as a rural kid in Pennsylvania, and New York City seemed overwhelming to me. So I flew out from California to New York City, and I can remember walking off the plane with everybody to baggage, and I've never felt what I felt. And what I realized now is I was having a panic attack. And here was the worst part about having a panic attack at JFK Airport. I had no one to talk to because I was afraid to tell anybody what I was feeling, and I didn't know the Lord, and so I, in essence, had no way out. The elephant had me, and we were on this roaring ride that I couldn't stop. It was one of the most terrifying, terrible feelings I've ever had. Fast forward, that was 1990. Fast forward to 2011, where I'm about to take another big trip. It's the first time I'm going to go to Africa. I'm working here. I'm going to check out some of our missionaries. And we decided to take my eighth grade daughter with me. She was seven going on eighth grade. And I can remember as they're boarding and we're about to board, that same JFK feeling has me. The responsibility of just, we're not with a group. It's just my daughter and I. We're going to travel for like two weeks in Africa. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? And I started to have that same panicky feeling. But it was different that time. I had the Lord to talk to. He helped me tame the elephant that was taking me on a ride that I didn't want to have. Can you relate to this? This is why I feel like we actually need this series. If you think about it, the series more than a feeling. There is so much more going on when we feel. There's something God wants to do. There's something that he's calling us to do. And the reality is, here's what I want you to realize, is that like pain is a warning sign in our body. Hear this line. Like pain is a warning sign in our body, so emotions are to our soul. Did you hear that? Like pain is a warning sign to our body, so emotions are to our soul. What I hope during this series is this. We learn to deal with how we feel. Will you say that with me? Learn to deal with how we feel. And God wants us to do that. He wants to give us a way out. He wants to help us understand our feelings more. And then he also wants those feelings to lead us to greater intimacy with him. See, as good Christian people, here's where we kind of don't wade into our feelings. We think if we have the intellect it'll take us in the right direction. But in the end, we have this heart that pounds and all these feelings, and they're much stronger than our intellect. All right? They're much, much stronger than our intellect. And we need the Lord to help guide us and deal with how we feel. Now, the way we're going to do it is this. We're going to look at different biblical characters and when they felt things. David, Cain and Abel, Mary and Martha, Jesus, Elijah, Peter, and Hannah. We're going to look at specific psalms because the psalms are full of what? Emotion. Have you ever looked at Psalm 88? I call Psalm 88 the suicidal psalm. Most psalms have an upswing at the end. Lord, where are you? Lord, uh, help me. Lord, I know you're good. And at the end, but I will follow. 
Psalm 88 is, it's dark, you've left me. It's dark. And it ends there. And God can even handle those darkest, darkest emotions. During this series, I'm going to ask you to do a little work. You'll get as far as you want in this series, the deeper you deal with your emotions. On the back tables, we have these feeling journals, and we have some instructions on how to go about naming your feelings, uh, how to go about taming your feelings, how about claiming God's truth and then proclaiming it, and you're going to practice this today. And then you have, in the middle, you have what's called a feeling wheel. And in the end, I'm only worried about you getting the six core feelings that we've talked about. But if you want to go deeper and uh, use words that I might not understand when you describe to me how mad you are, that's fine too. We want to give you an opportunity to really learn how to deal with your feelings with God and where you are. Have you heard the term emotional intelligence? It's a hot term. All right, it's been a hot term for about a decade. That's what we're talking about here. Listen to this one author and what they said about dealing with our feelings. Recognizing your emotions and learning to manage them with God is one of the most, what? Important life skills. Wouldn't you say? I mean, let's read that again. Recognizing your emotions and learning to manage them with God is one of your most important life skills. If you asked a Christian, hey, what are some things you should really do? They would say, I should read my Bible. I should probably go serve somebody. I should probably get generous with my money. They might not say, I should probably learn how to manage my emotions so that I have greater intimacy with God and I reflect Jesus more. But that's part of our discipleship. That's part of the formation that God wants to do in us. That's why he's given us emotions. That's why he gave us the whole book of Psalms. To be like, hey, you're going to feel all this and I can deal with all this. Will you let me? Let me give you five good reasons to deal with how you feel. Pick your favorite one. Pick the one that's probably your trouble spot, all right? How about the first one? Just become more aware. Has something ever happened and somebody says to you, how are you feeling? And you go, I don't know. Well, now you'll have six feeling words to actually help you with that. How about this next one? Better ability to cope with your emotions. Have you ever gotten tied up with an emotion and a thought and it has you and it takes you for a long walk for a long time, a long walk for a long time, and you burn a lot of energy and you burn a lot of miles and you're not present with other people and you might treat people not very well during that time because you're on this long walk for this long time with this thought and feeling? That means you're not coping well with that. And if you could, can you imagine that? Like you feel it. It starts to take you for a walk, but then you tame it, and then you claim it, and guess where you are? You're back to the present. Learning to cope matters. How about having better control? Meaning this, we do one or two things with our emotions. We either stuff them, okay, or we puff, all right? We stuff or puff. Ponder right now. When you have emotions, are you a stuffer or a puffer, all right? Puffer is you roar. You roar, you puff, the smoke comes out, it comes out, and people know you're hot. Or are you a stuffer? And what God wants to do is have you not stuff, and have you not puff, but have you deal with how you feel. And how about better decisions? You ever make a bad decision based on where the elephant took you? Oh my, yes. We could make better decisions if we deal with how we feel. And how about relationships? I've already said 
creating greater intimacy with God. But what about with others? If you learn how to deal with your feelings, you can then help others deal with their feelings and help them see how God can make that possible. So here's our big idea today. God wants to help you deal with how you feel. Will you say that with me? God wants to help you deal with how you feel. I want to show you four passages today because I want you to really see how much God cares about your feelings. Grab your Bibles and let's open up to our first psalm of this series that we'll look at today. It's a short one today. Psalm 34, verse 18. Psalm 34, verse 18. Somebody's got a pew Bible. Call it out where it is in a pew Bible. 554 or somewhere in your Bible or on your app. Oh, this is one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are what? Crushed in spirit. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and what? Saves those who are crushed in spirit. I was in my own crushed time about two decades ago, and this is where I stumbled across this verse and went, whew, that's how I feel. I am brokenhearted and I am crushed. Ever been there? Oh, come on. Ever been there? Okay, thank you. <laughs> ever felt brokenhearted? Ever felt crushed? But look what it says. The Lord, okay? Do you notice on the screen how it's all in caps? Through the Psalms, the name of the Lord is either in all caps or just capital L. It's never small L-O-R-D. It's either just L-O-R-D or it's L-O-R-D, all in caps. When it's all caps, Lord, here's what it's describing. It's saying the creator of all things. It is saying the one who brought all things into existence. This is a promise given to you. So let's reread it this way. The Lord, the one who brought all things into existence, is close to who? The brokenhearted. And does what? Rescues, wants to rescue and save those who feel crushed in spirit. This is an amazing promise. And it's amazing that the God of all existence cares that much. I want you to realize that it doesn't use the word all there. But when it says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, in essence, it's saying all who are brokenhearted, not just a special group of brokenhearted people, all right? All, whether you know God or not, whether you're exploring God maybe or not, whether you're questioning Jesus or not, whether you know the Lord deeply or not, this is for all people. This is David declaring this. David understood how much God truly wanted to be close to his people and help them in their time of trouble. Look at our next passage. This is now God incarnate, Jesus, declaring, in essence, the same thing, but in a bit of a different way. Go to Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Somebody call it out in the pew Bible when you get there. Matthew eleven twenty eight, eleven twenty eight to 30. 976 in the pew Bible. It's on the screen. Then Jesus said, come to me, and in your Bibles, or mark it and highlight, all, so remember all the brokenhearted, now Jesus is saying, come to me, all who are what? Weary and carrying heaven burdens, 
and I'll give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you. And think about it. Yoke, this is the oxen yoke. This is the two cattle with the wooden piece across that has the straps. Jesus is saying, let's yoke up together. Oh, that elephant you're riding that has you here? Whoop, let's throw the yoke in that elephant. I'll be with you on this side, and let's get that thing tamed. Let's get this thing yoked. Let's get this thing taken care of. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. Isn't it interesting? Let me teach you. There's this old way you've been dealing with your six emotions and how you're feeling, but I have this new way because I'm always doing what? A new thing because I'm Jesus. And so will you help me or will you let me do a new thing with you as you yoke up with me so that what? And he says it again, because I am humble and gentle to heart and you will find rest for your souls. Twice in this passage he says, if you yoke with me, I'll give you rest. And he promises, all who come to me, all, I'll teach you a new way. I don't care how old you are in age, or how old you are in the Lord, or how young you are in age, or how young you are in the Lord. This is one of the major things of formation that God wants to do in us, is to reform how we deal with emotions. This is why God gave me five kids, okay? Because I've had a lot of practice, all right, where how I probably would act my first kid and how I'd act my last kid is really different because of the fact I have not perfectly and probably need to do a lot more often yoked up and he's taught me a new way. And I've actually learned from some of you and learned some from some professionals. Do you see how this is done? Five years from now, you should, if you remain yoked up more, operate emotionally different in the same scenario that right now you're probably puffing or stuffing. Do you hear that? But you've got to yoke up with him in order to do that. I have far from done that perfectly. I still puff and stuff, but I think I, I puff and stuff less, and I ride the elephant not as long as I used to. Would you like that? It's so much better. It's so much better. Jesus did this for us. I want to take you to some quick scenes about Jesus. Jesus in the desert under heavy pressure, right? Threats of Satan. Jesus leaves his, his disciples and goes up on the mountain. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, all right? Jesus on the cross. You see him in those settings yoked up in dealing with his emotions with God in really real and intense life. And God brings him through. He helps tame the elephant in those. Look at this next passage. Go to 1 Peter 5, 7. This is my 4 a.m. passage. I know this one by heart in, a different, in this version. It'll be different in the Pew Bible. 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all, we're back to all again. There's been all in all these, all the brokenhearted. Come to me, all you are worry and, be, worry and burdened. And then give all your worries and cares to God because what? He cares about you. This is a powerful passage. Give all your worries and cares to God because what? He cares about you. It's one of the easiest passages to memorize because there's two cares in it, right? And they come near the end. So give all your worries and cares to God because what? He cares about you. This is my 4 a.m. passage. When the elephant, I wake up and I just, for some reason, like I get on the biggest elephant, 
all right? And I, and I like hold on super tight. And that elephant starts to take me for this zany ride after I go to the bathroom. It's essence all around my house, it seems, and all through my life. And it takes me to crazy places. Can anybody relate to this? And meanwhile, God is saying, just release them to me. Just release them. This all comes back to our big idea. God wants to help you deal with how you feel. I've shown you three things where God shows up. Remember? He's close to us. He tells us to come to him. He promises that he'll rescue. He promises that he'll teach you a new way. He promises you can give me all of it. And then we have one responsibility. Go to our last passage of today. 2 Corinthians 10.5. 2 Corinthians 10.5, there's a little slither of a line right at the end. A little slither that is so worth realizing this is our responsible as we deal with our emotions with God. And here's what it says. 2 Corinthians 10.5, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Our responsibility is when we get on that elephant, we have to declare, all right, hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta take this thought and I gotta bring it back. And I got to get yoked up, and I got I to gotta tame it. I got to then claim it to God and then realize what truth he wants to tell me. This is our responsibility. And there's an all in here, even though you don't see it. This is our fourth all. Remember, God is close to all the brokenhearted. <laughs> he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And then he says, give all your worries to God. Do you see the all in this passage? You visually, visually can't see all. But every is all. Every is all. Take captive all thoughts to make it obedient to Christ. I was on the phone with a friend recently, and he was telling me a situation uh, with his uh, one child and, and how difficult it was being at this point. And I was asking him how he's been dealing with his feelings with regards to this, because it's been this long journey. And he says, you know, in the end, he goes, I got to cut him off. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Your kid? And he's like, no, my feelings. He goes, they can take me so far and make me so crazy. All right, anybody relate to this? Okay. He was talking about riding the elephant. And he says, what I've been practicing is that when I have the crazy thoughts about fretting the future of the unknown and I'm caught in that swirl, he goes, I just say, Jesus, help me. And it helps him cut off the thought. And he comes back to the truth. He was talking about the exact same thing on how to get off the elephant. As we close today, I'm going to lead you to a moment of reflection right now. And the reality is um, there's four steps that we all need to really control the elephant and deal with our feelings. And they look like this. We've got to name it, identify the emotion. We've got to tame it. We've got to clarify what the cause is. What is causing this, this emotion to be felt? We then have to claim it, meaning this. We claim, all right, this is how I'm feeling. And then in claiming it, we release it to God. God, I'm feeling this way. And God, what are the false beliefs I'm worried about here? And God, what truth do you have for me? I've been practicing this because right now, one of my kids has not been living with us. He's been with a group called YWAM in Chile. And they do some study in the Bible for a couple months. And then they go on an outreach. And his outreach is in the Amazon 
area of Brazil. We're talking Amazon River. And let's just do some word association. When I say Amazon, you say, okay, snake, crocodile, okay. And then after a while, like when I say Amazon, I say dead. I mean, like, you know, things, you know, like get gobbled up and die in the Amazon. So, son, where are you going? Oh, dad's going to be awesome. They said I can only bring a small backpack, a sleeping bag, and a hammock, and I won't shower much. This is awesome, dad. I can't wait to go. All right? Son, how far are they taking the Amazon? I don't know, dad. They told me they're going to put me on a bus and then put me uh, on a boat, and then we're going to get on one of those little planes. Great, son. Great. Okay? So I have my son in the Amazon dead already. All right? And this is how far the elephant takes me. I realize my passport's expired. And then I realize I cannot believe I've done this to my wife, that my son has died in the Amazon, and she's going to go pick him up. <laughs> like, that is how far the, I mean, like, that's, that, I mean, that was, that was, that came pretty quick, okay? I can't understand, even yesterday, I still didn't fill out my passport paperwork. I don't know why, okay? But that's how far the elephant can take me. We got caught in fog the other day, and I didn't name my feeling, I didn't tame it, I didn't claim it, and when we got in the fog, everybody in the car could tell I was mad, because I don't mind snow, I don't mean rain, but when there's a whiteout with fog, it just makes me angry, because we're going to die, all right? And so we'd been in sun for a while, and the visor was down, and all of a sudden, because I didn't name it, tame it, claim it, I just was furious when we hit a whiteout fog, and I flipped up the visor and went kind of nuts in the driver's seat. And that didn't make anybody feel comfortable in the car. (laughs) Do you realize this? Anger is often a secondary emotion that reveals itself but conceals your true feeling. Do you realize that? Anger is usually a secondary emotion that reveals itself but conceals your true feeling. We've got to get good, folks, at dealing with how we feel. And if we do, we can change the world right in our own homes, right in our own souls, and then help other people do it. I want to give you about three minutes right now to reflect. There's a white card in front of you, and on the screen are the three steps. You know the six emotions. You can look at the visuals. Glad, mad, sad, scared, shame, shocked. I just want to give you a moment to do this because what I hope you do is you grab a journal on the way out and you do it for seven weeks and we grow in this. So will you, right now, as the band plays a little, identify what are you feeling? Then tame it. I'm feeling this way because. And then talk to the Lord about it. Write a prayer. This is your moment to practice dealing with how you feel. Lord, speak to us now. Use this for good. And in a moment, I'll come back up to help us close today.
what you're doing right now, I hope you do more often in this journal. Grab it. It gives those instructions, gives you that feeling wheel. We also have a Beyond Sunday uh, for groups to go through, to walk through this message again in a deeper way. If you need a local therapist, need greater support, it's on our website under the series. We've got a great seminar February 6th coming up, really about dealing with the emotions of teens. All should come because we need to support our teens. And then we have movies, podcasts, and some books on our website too. So get on there, take a look. Uh, This is for us to grow and reflect the Lord more and more. Lord, lead us now as we close with the final song. May we sing it in a way where, Lord, we sing to you because of what you've done. And may you speak to us as we sing, Lord, and then continue to shape us as we go. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.